You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. GMAD. Don is a pastor with 40 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you are. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How are you doing? I'm all refreshed. Good, good. Yeah, nice long trip. Had a long trip. I got 2,600 miles on a test drive. I thought it was a good deal. Oh. So, yeah, excited about that. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, had a good trip. It was seven days, but it was seven days well invested. That's good. Sometimes it's important to take those trips to kind of reset. Yep. Mm -hmm. Reset. That's a good way to say it. Good. We actually had a question about that once. I think it was for from Hillcrest. Is you know, do do pastors ever get burnout? Mm-hmm. And burnout is not a clinical or, or scientific definition, but everyone understands it. Mm-hmm. But have you experienced that before? Where twice, just twice. Okay, yeah, twice. And and it's interesting because the the burnout phase is you you get to a spot where you just really don't have the resources to do anything more. Mm-hmm. And then you start vaping. I mean, it's it's like you're running on vapor. It's not running good. And you make poor decisions. Yeah. And you do dumb things. And you're not yourself. Right. And, and it just doesn't end well. Right. And yeah, it's not fun. I, I would not ha- ask. Nobody should go through that. No. And so I had a meeting last night. And it was really interesting to see both congregations say, you know, we don't want this to happen. Right. And so being a, a a value to both congregations, say, we don't want you to get there. Right. So we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And that was cool. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. yeah, burnout is not fun. Any pastor who happens to be listening, uh, if you want to talk sometime, let me know. We'll yeah. talk and see if we can't get you to a better spot. Mm-hmm. But don't burn out. Don't burn out. You know, a lot of times men, especially, we see just the, you know, Boy, we're good at compartmentalizing that kind of stuff, aren't we? And just we really are. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll we'll just get through the day, and then you know leave whatever's issue that happened at home. We'll leave that at home, and then we'll come back to it later. Maybe, maybe, or maybe we'll bring something home from work that maybe is kind of a little bit of a misplaced anger towards family. And yeah, compartmentalized is good for part. Then we suck, suck from this chamber to stick in this chamber. Yeah, <laughs> it's try to do a little better and and you know families do they, they suffer in that process and i've apologized to my children more than once oh me too yeah it's it's one of those things we have to do it's a oh it's painful when we realize oh yeah oh it is yeah yeah it, you know what you know apologizing to your children i've had to do it plenty of times you know charlie's four so he understands it mm-hmm and so I can see him starting to pick up on that, you know, th- that, you know, repentance a little bit just to come and ask, asking for forgiveness from someone. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to do everything right. I'm really sorry. Well, he's like, yeah, you were really, you, you yelled at me and you didn't let me take my brand new shoes that I like that, I, that he gets to tie by himself, but he oh, wow. doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. but he, he just was a little ornery in the morning. And I just said, if you're not going to do it, here's your Velcro shoes. Mm-hmm. And that made him upset and off the door. And I felt like maybe that wasn't the right call. So the next day I said, you know what? I was sorry about that. He goes, that's okay. But I'm going to try really hard this time, dad. Don't worry. Okay. That's cool. Value of a relationship. Yeah. Ratchets, ratchets both of us up. Yeah. It makes us both better. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's good relationship if we're actually ratcheting both of us up in a right. better spot yes not a, yeah spiritually physically whatever it is mm-hmm. yep yeah because i mean it's similar i've never been a pastor never had that role before but just the demands that a child has and there's a demand openings. of a congregation it's, there's what there's, <laughs> there's openings out there <laughs> I don't know. I'm on, right? Yes, yes. Good for you. And there's just a little bit of similarities there, you know, just the need of people for your service. So we we have a topic today I was kind of curious about, you know. Okay. You've got two, I'm not going to take what. And you're not telling me ahead of time, so I'm coming to this cold. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we might be treading, we might be tre- we're not on thin ice, but it's an interesting topic. And I think it's going to be okay because, you know, we kind of have two, what I would say is clearly cons- not conservative, but like traditionally valued congregations, right? Mm-hmm. Cologne Mennonite and, mm-hmm. and the Westchester, where I feel like, you know, this isn't a right and left political thing, but you can see one is more, one side of like church division is more closely aligned with objective truth and one is subjective truth or collectivism and individualism. Okay. So I think it's okay and it'll be received well because we're open for those judgments, those convictions from a leader as yourself or from Josh or from other people within our church that are well-respected. What are we doing wrong? Is there other things that we're doing wrong that you can see? The churches. Yes. The individuals within the church. Are we, are we, are there things that we need to shut down? I guess what I'm trying to say, have we lost focus on things that are important? We have lost focus on things that are important. And probably the most important is to make sure we create a space, an atmosphere of welcome for those who are searching. Mm -hmm. We, we have created sanctuary to such a point that it's no longer a space of welcome for someone who's searching for answers for their spiritual and physical and emotional problems. And so the church is no longer an asset to the community that it once was. Was watching an interview with Daryl Kripe yesterday, and he made that point. So would somebody who has no Christian background, who's searching for answers, feel comfortable in our sanctuaries? And would we make them feel welcome as they came in our doors? And would we walk with them in their messiness because they won't be like us and they won't have the same values coming out of the chute? And yet they're hurting. I mean, as I look at our communities, the pain, that just listen to the news and the, the, the pain that people have. Yeah. It's, it's going up, even even though they're... You know, poverty is part of that pain, but some of these people who are shooting each other and, and aren't, aren't, aren't poor. Right. And so it's an emotional poverty that's coming out in the way that the, the church is needed, mm-hmm. probably more than it has been for the last hundred years. It's needed more today than ever before, but we haven't created a space where people of faith are able to interact with people who are searching. Yeah. And so somehow or another, we've got to create a spot where we can bring the gospel safely to others and be a safe place for them to approach. Right. And that, that to me is the spot that's the biggest challenge for the church today. 
And that's, you know, I think it's even more than, you know, Rick Warren used to talk about the seeker church. Mm -hmm. I think it's more than that because even in the seeker church model, we're expecting that person to come in our business, in our building. And I'm thinking that's not even going to happen anymore. Somehow or another, the church has to move out and engage the community and say, hey, we're here to listen to you. Uh, Okay, so you have uh, emotional needs. You have psychological needs. It's more than physical needs, and it's more than poverty. Right. A lot of this has their word. The worldview that they carry is so bankrupt that they can't get through the next day. You know, faith and hope in the Bible are so closely related because they're they're sort of pieces of each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of hopeless people in this world because they've been told that faith does not serve them. Right. And so they give up faith, they give up hope, and they live in this emotional poverty all the time. And it it wears on them not only emotionally or spiritually, but it also wears on them physically. Yeah. And it uses up their personal resources. Mm-hmm. And so they're in, a, they're in a poverty on several levels. Right. Where does the church get out there and embrace and say, hey, we know Jesus. Right. And you can have faith in this Jesus. And it does change. Mm-hmm. It does change who we are. And we need Christians who understand that tra- transformation and live out of that transformation and, and are evidence, if you will. Yeah of the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Yep. And, you know, will they listen to a pastor of 40 years saying, yeah, I had this transformation. Yeah, it was 40 years ago, but still lasts, you know. Right. Well, no, you're a preacher. You know, they'll discount that. Right. But someone who's in the pew and has genuinely received that transformation is, especially if they're a friend, Mm -hmm. then can move forward and say, yeah, I know this Jesus, and it does, he changes lives. Oh, yeah. And that's what needs to be out there. But I think where the church is falling short is creating that space. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to do in the building. It's hard to maintain outside the building, but that's where it needs to go because that's where the intersection will happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even felt at times, you know, even with people who I go to church with, well, we don't talk about Jesus outside of church. That'd be weird. That would be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, we need to. I know. And I, and I know the angst in the workplace about doing that. But in reality, that's where you're going to meet a lot of people who yeah. not only know you, but share your context, have some of the same struggles you're having, but you've got Jesus. Right. And they don't. Mm-hmm. And that can speak into their lives. Yep. I remember when I was welding in between one of my burnouts being that spot where, you know, I'd be welding along and all of a sudden somebody would show up in my workspace and wanted me to pray for them. Yeah. Just cause they knew I would do that. That's great. And so, yeah, I find those things helpful. That's interesting. Yeah. I, we need to be that kind of people in the workplace. That's interesting. How did, how did, how did, so they must've known that you were a pastor. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. So what, I think a lot of us are always willing to pray for someone, but we don't always seem approachable in that way. How does one 
exude that kind of or put on this character of God that shows that I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been Henri. I, I get Henrier as I get older, mm-hmm. I noticed. And and so if somebody talks to me in a conversation, just normal conversation, and and says that they've got this this thing they're going through, I'll just say, hey, would you let me pray with you right now for that? And it's right here, right now, and I'm laying it out there. I'm willing to do that. That, I think, is one of the most productive ways I've found to be able to talk about my faith in their real-time trial Mm -hmm. and then get, oh, yeah, this guy will pray for me. Yeah. Hmm. You might make the person uncomfortable enough. They might not come back to you and tell you any more problems, though. If that creates angst, but most of the time, I guess I've never had that situation. Most of the time they come again and say, Hey, thank you. That helped. Mm -hmm. I felt better that day. Would you pray for me on this? Yeah. And so that it becomes more of a a spiritual relationship and gets deeper. Yeah. But, you know, and I don't think I do that just because I'm pastor pastor, or have a pastor's heart. I, I think we as Christians maybe need to start thinking of ourselves as a pastor to our community. Right. And being pastoral. Right. Shepherding. Yeah. And sometimes that just takes a little bit of time to be able to be viewed as someone who is capable of, someone who's a problem solver, quote unquote, someone who is there to help you fix something. Right. So you go to the, call the plumber to fix plumbing. Mm-hmm. And you see other people in your life, you know, but say for a younger man, they're going to have positive male role models that talk to them about, you know, what it is to be a man or how to live a life according to God's will. You're going to go to those people to fix spiritual problems if you need guidance. Yeah. yeah. Well, in America, we don't think much of spiritual. I mean, the run-of-the-mill person is not thinking of their spiritual life, even though it's a, a part of who they are. Right. They're often living in denial yeah of spiritual dilemmas in their mm-hmm. life yeah sometimes we get to expose those yeah sometimes so how about you know we kind of, we've touched a little bit on the personal things that we need to fix mm-hmm. as a church how about money like let's say the church says you know i think we need to let's say our church like we knock down that back wall behind the sanctuary and we're going to put in a brand new full immersion baptism tank oh it's only going to be like one hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars. Oh my goodness but it'll be so good for the immersing people immersing people or maybe that maybe that's a bad so maybe a better example would be like we're going to put in these giant flat screen tvs on the back side of every pew so everyone can see the powerpoint slides just right there and that's going to make the worship even better now, God talks a lot about money. Mm-hmm. So does Jesus. Biggest subject in the New it's Testament. It's important, apparently. Yeah. How much are we thinking about those things as, you know, the different committees upon the, in the church are, are deciding? Yeah. I always feel like it's such a difficult topic. It is because, well, interestingly enough, the church is almost always at a deficit financially. Sure. I, I Very few churches that I come to and start out are actually flush with money. Right. Usually that, but I find that over the course of time, when people become more faithful in their attendance, in their devotion to the church, that usually turns around. Mm -hmm. 
and the church ends up being in pretty good shape. That being said, then we argue over it. Yeah. So when we have a budget and we know we need this much to get by, then when you attain that, okay, cool, boy, we're we're here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we get a little extra. And, boy, let's do this. Yeah. And boy, let's let's do that. And and I I try to run herd on that just a little bit because we still do need to be good stewards. Oh yeah. Because what the congregation has brought to leadership, the leadership stewards of, mm -hmm. and we will be accountable for yeah. that stewardship. And so how do we get the most bang for our buck? Right. And I like to say, okay, I'm still back on that first part. How are we going to use it to engage a space for the person who doesn't know Jesus yet? Yeah. Who's searching for Jesus. And so if it's video, yeah, probably this platform sure. is as much to, to invest in as any. Right. Because there are people who are listening to it outside of the walls of Westchester Community Church. Mm -hmm. That those kind of things would be good investments. Sure. To see things better on Sunday morning, to enhance our worship, to make it deeper. That's a good investment. The tank, well, you know, I, I'm so I came from the farm. Yeah. And there's a stock tank that sure. you can buy at Tractor Supply. That would serve the purpose. Yep. That would cost maybe two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good investment. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. And for then we can take it out when we don't need it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can decorate it even if we want it decorated. Oh yeah. Mm hmm. But maybe one of the people you're baptizing, their family needs it for their cattle. That's right. Use it that way during the week. Bring it in on Sunday. That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But okay. So. Finding ways, you know, we do need some things, but I feel like it's always, you got to be careful to make sure that the, or I guess do we need to be careful with how we spend the money that the world or the outsiders, the ones that are not yet, what am I, what word, what should, what should I call well, these if people? we're spending it on ourselves for our okay. own, to create our sanctuary, you know, safe space away from the world. Right. No, no fuzzy edges to make people come in, then that's probably pretty dangerous. Yeah. But if we're spending it in such a way that we're investing in our community and they see that we're moving it outward toward people in town, making it something that we all can enjoy mm -hmm. as a community that creates that space, I think communities would enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. And so doing it that way that others can say, well, you're, they're not being selfish. Look at right. this, what they're doing. And the way we help with the food pantries and the way those yeah. kind of things that say that we're investing beyond the walls of the, the four walls of the church mm -hmm. into a community that's usually well-received. Yeah. And then that creates a spot. Well, why are they doing that? Mm -hmm. I don't understand why those Christians would be doing that for us who don't have a belief. Right. And then they start. So what's, what's behind that? Yes. And that creates those wonderful kinds of questions that, Start conversations. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that, too. You know, I feel, I'm not going to, I will brag for my mother. She uh, did one of, like, I think one of the best community outreaches I've seen here in Westchester in a while, which was just a cooking class. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a class, just like it first started off with freezer meals. Come and we'll all make one freezer meal to per person together. And so this person's going to make 15 of them, and then they split them up into the other 15 people. Right. And then did like a noodle making class and, and, uh, I forget all the different ones, but. Right. And people are learning. Yeah. 
and they're having conversations with each other yep. and building relationships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Mostly women. I'm not sure how to get the men side into it. I got some ideas. You got some ideas. Yeah. Guys want to be able to work with their hands okay, in okay. community with each other. They want it well organized. Mm-hmm. They want to be using power tools. Sure. Yeah, I got to use power tools and, and do it together. Well, there's a lot of service that can be done in this community. There are a lot of things needed to be done mm-hmm. and we can do them together. Okay. So like making birdhouses? Or I, I'm thinking about a, stuff. a widow's porch. Okay. Somebody on a fixed income that can't take care of things, mm-hmm. cleaning up properties for for people who just can't get out and get that done anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things that we can live into the community. Oh yeah. And uh, impact people's lives. Yeah. Getting in for cleanup, getting in for tearing something down, building something new. Yeah. Demolition is really, guys really get into demolition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I do too. Sawzalls and stuff falling Mm -hmm. down in your shirt and. Oh yeah. That's That's great. I'll do this together. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I, so, I know. Yeah, those are those are great, great. Those are good ideas. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, we could, and then we have to have donuts. You know, donuts. Yeah, that have to eat afterwards. Yeah, there's got to be some food involved. Yeah, chew the fat. Yeah, as well. Uh-huh. Okay, I think that'll wrap us up for this week. Come back next week. We got some more listener questions and some great topics as well. Will you pray us out? Can do that. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege you give us to be a part of your kingdom and a part of your church and a part of what you're going to be doing in this world. So, Lord, lead us by your spirit. May everyone who's listening this morning be blessed in one way or another by what we've shared together. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us, and we will see you guys all next week. Lord willing. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you, and God bless.